Alright, we're both looking alright. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> uh, why is it every episode I start off laughing? Like, every time I start off, it's like somebody says something that, like, <laughs> is. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Let's get it rolling. Um, honestly, you're one of my favorite show people to talk to. Um, I know who you are, but why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Uh, my name is Brian Scheip. I've been detailing for professionally for five years, um, but I've also always detailed growing up, family and friends stuff. Growing up in Michigan, you're, it's cars are just born and bred into. So it's nice that we finally get like a close Midwestern guy on the show. Everybody else has been uh, California, Colorado, Nebraska, so it's like nice to have somebody almost hometownish here. It's true. Because you're from a small town, same as I am. Yeah. I mean, my small town is like 2,000 people. Yours is about the same. Yeah. So it's nice that uh, I think that's probably why, after you and I have talked now for quite a bit, like getting to know you a little bit, the reason why you and I are so easy going with oh, most yeah. things are because we grew up in the small towns. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of surprised. Like, how old are you? Uh, 33. 33. So you started when you were 28. Yeah. Full time. Full time. What did you do before that? Uh, ran, bartended and bar managed for oh, that's right. about 10 years throughout from West Palm Beach, Florida, to Louisville, Kentucky to Phoenix. So, so what, what made you decide to get into the detail? Um, I was bartending and bar managing and I had a friend sell me a carpet cleaning trailer because his son didn't want to do it anymore. Um, they built out, he was a contractor, and they built out a bunch of homes and stuff, so they had spec homes and they had rental homes that just needed cleaning when people came out. So sure. it was like, here's a trailer, I'll sell it to you, my son doesn't want to do it anymore, you can make extra money while you're bartending, you get a three to four day window, I'll email you the address, Car houses were clean, I just went in and did the carpet. Well, on that carpet cleaning machine I had a shampooer. So I went from like uh, being able to do like basic details to, okay, I can start shampooing. Yeah. Which is... Looking back today, I hate shampooing. I will admit, like, shampooing is the main reason I got out of detailing. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll, be a, I'll admit <laughs> it that I'm spoiled now. I don't touch a lot of things I have to shampoo. But, like, when my extractor broke was the best day of my life. Yeah, it's like being a bartender and then the blender breaks. <laughs> you don't have to make mix. Yeah. Can you shampoo? No, the extractor's broken. Can you make a, can you make a margarita frozen? No, no. Yeah, blender's broke. That's actually really good. That's a great analogy because, like, the day my extra my extractor broke, I looked at the price of a new one, and it was like five grand. Oh yeah. For like for a like decent a, steam a extractor. Real like commercial commercial one. Like nowadays, like everyone uses the Mighties and stuff like that. Are like nine hundred to fifteen hundred, depending on what yep. you're getting there. But you really want a commercial like a uh, you know like a black stallion unit or like yep. any of those like real ones that you'd use to do a house. You're yeah. Talking five six grand. Yeah. yeah, it was like five or six grand. And I'm like, I was only charging like $200 in interior. And I started calculating that out. I'm like, all right, I need to do, I was using fingers and toes to try and figure out how I was going to recoup the cost of this extractor. And I was like, this is dumb. Well, Why am I doing Nowadays with products, a lot of the chemicals they're making now and steam will do 90% of your shampoo. And unless you're pulling soda or something that they've really spilled heavily into the carpet. Most of it is like spot treating for the most part. Really? Yeah, the full shampoos are gonna be your mom's minivans and... See, you know, that's all I got. Like, being in the small town here, like, that's all you got. Like, yeah. when people brought stuff, it was like, hey, my kid puked in the back seat. Can you well, explain it? I'm like, All winter long, no one's gonna touch their interior because it's gonna get salty anyway. <clears throat> so it was like all summer long, during my busy season, everybody wanted to clog the bay up with a puke-ridden minivan and it was like no I'm just I'm over it like when the extractor took a dump out that was it yeah I, uh, I think I've had two calls from Uber drivers about puke in the cars oh. and I'm just like oh yeah I'm too busy <laughs> <laughs> oh that uh, like just the thought of like back in the day when I used to deal with that I'm like I do not miss that at all no. like don't get me wrong. I mean, detailing is always that's always going to be your bread and butter. That's where your money is. But yeah, and honestly, once the for me, I was lucky. Like once the metal polishing took over, like the money outweighed the detailing, and it just didn't make sense for me to stay detailing anymore. And thanks to Paul and thanks to you, like 
I've done some buffing again lately, and I, I realized, like, I kind of missed it a little bit, like... I will never say that about polishing them. <laughs> now, that I, now that I can start doing it. But I was going to say, you're not bad at it. Uh, it's not that I... It's just... Everything I've done has been self-taught for the most part. Yeah. So, like... I can only imagine, like, the first, like, nine cars that I buffed, like, looking back, like... They had to look, like, terrible... I'm telling you, my first six years, I was not a good polisher. No, like, I didn't buff a car for two years of detailing. I told people I wasn't comfortable with it. I was so afraid of burning the paint off and, you know, everything you yeah, hear, right? Yeah. And then you start realizing, like, DAs and all this stuff is super easy to use. But, yeah, I mean, now that I'm doing just paint corrections and coatings for the most part, um, yeah, I just, I look, you know, how it is when you look back yeah. and you were using whatever you could you yeah. figuring it out. I could only imagine what some of the vehicles I did look like. I'm sorry <laughs> if you were watching this. Your car may have looked like crap for years. <laughs> but yeah, now it's like you saw. Like the products, really, the technology has grown. The so technology's fast. gotten crazy. I mean, that angel wax products we use today on your truck. So, yeah, you used angel wax. Yeah. So that's one of the companies you use. And one of the more interesting things for myself is I've seen you with another company that hits the show circuit, and you guys have kind of like partnered up. Manettes? Yeah. Yeah, so now it started out, I was detailing. Under a company called Desert Detail. Yeah, that was the original business because um, we were in Phoenix and it made sense. Yep. Um, and John had sent me a bottle, didn't even send me a bottle, he sent me an IM or a DM on Instagram saying. John is the owner of Manettes. He's the chemist and the owner. Okay. Uh, we're now partial together, but you guys are partners in it. Yeah. Okay. But uh, he sent me saying, "I got this product, which is Mega Shine, which is the original product you made. It'll shine your tires and it'll clean your windows." I think that's the product that Keenan and I saw at Daytona the four, first year we yeah, met you guys. Three, three and a half years, four years. Ago. Yeah, it's been yeah. Five. But that was the only product he had, and I told him he was an idiot. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "There's no way I'm dressing my tires and I'm cleaning my windows and cleaning my paint with the same product. It's not happening." Yeah. So he sent us a bottle, he sat on the shelf for like three months, I'd ran out of something, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try this. So we tried it, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'll try it on tires. And that's where I fell in love with it, was on tires, it was 100% dry. Yeah. I could soak the tire, let it dry, and it was dry. Like, you could drag your Nothing hands across off. it. Nothing rubbed off, yeah. So, went to SEMA that year, I told him, send me 80 bottles, I'll help you push it around, right? Wow. He sent me 80 that's bottles. He sent me 80 bottles. I was like, well, if you want it to go anywhere, it needs to go to SEMA. Yeah, no, that's 100%. where the new products really yeah, push. So, being that it was completely dry on the tires, I was like, this is going to kill it for the trucks. Yeah. Because, you know. You can dress it on dress the beginning those, of the week. I can dress those treads that can dry in it and be, they'll be fine. And not dress them again for you the rest of the week. You throw on a solvent based dressing, and that's going to be everywhere. Yeah. So, and it's dusty there, too, so to collect dust all week. So, it kind of like, that's where it all got started. Um, the first truck we used that was Lady Luck. Yep. But Josh and Josh was just like, you know, you send us all products every time you go home from shows. Why don't you put your name on a product? And it's like, and it was like, that's where the wheels got turned. And I helped John get going with three more products, which is detail products. And then at that time, I he had made us gloss sauce and a quick details product under Desert Detail. And we were doing the two lines. And then over the last two years, it's been kind of just getting busier, busier with both of them. And I was either detailing and doing really well detailing. And then I would start slowing down on products because I wasn't pushing products, or I could push products and then I wasn't focusing on detailing as much. I will tell you, like that's one of the biggest struggles for myself is marketing both, like marketing my business and product. Yeah. Like it's 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 two businesses. I've said this in a, in a previous podcast, and I think it's the uh, the one that's going to air right before this one. Um, I could use a media manager, like seriously. I, I'm almost to the point oh, now I where... If I, yeah, having somebody just run just social media would change... Oh, it would help me a ton. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I just don't do, and I just don't know because I don't have enough time to research, yeah. like, proper hashtags to be using on a regular basis. Like, what's trending on Instagram? Like, is it the swiping? Is it the Rolex, Rolodex, whatever yeah, it is? Yeah, I do better on that. I just, what I need to learn on that is, like... How to do AdWords and all this stuff like the SEO. Stuff. See the AdWords and the SEO stuff. Like I caught onto that pretty quick. So like my website's yeah. killing it. Like if you search it, I'm in the top first page on almost everything. So like I'm doing fine there. But my YouTube videos do well because um, yeah, I know I know which ones I'm which um, tags I need to target and stuff like yeah. that. Like I watch all that stuff trending. I wish Instagram had 
a way to track. Probably like, Instagram is their algorithm changes so much. It changes so often. One day you'll have you'll post something and use a hashtag that you've never used before. It makes no sense. Like when we did that donut video. Yeah. With the gumdrop, with the yeah. gumballs, with the locker down safe. That was supposed to be just a dumb thing to help locker down gumballs. And it blew up. That stupid video had almost a million views in 24 hours. That's crazy. Nothing I've ever posted has anything close to that ever. Right. And all I did was hashtag like four things in Krispy Kreme. It wasn't even like I... Yeah, <laughs> I don't get it. I do, ha I do 30 hashtags and all the things on every other post and you don't get that. But it's just hit and miss. That's what I mean. Like, I, I got into TikTok because of my Nebraska franchise. Like, he's, he's big on TikTok. Like, he's got a, a I solid had TikTok for like two weeks and then we deleted it. But I don't think we'll get back on there. Honestly, I've been getting a lot of fresh, like... I got new I customers had, from TikTok. Uh, I had, uh, that's where I got one customer out of Delaware. One client for detailing was ridiculous. TikTok. I was like, you saw me on TikTok. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was like, I didn't realize. Like, I listen to Gary Vee a lot, and oh, Gary Vee's been that's my favorite podcast. He's been pumping TikTok forever, yeah. and I was like, all right, I'll break down and I'll do it. I did it in like a couple of my videos. Like, all of a sudden, hit two hundred fifty thousand views, and I was getting people like messaging me on a regular basis. I was like, whoa. Like, I'm getting way more response out of this than I am through... Oh, I was getting 24, 50,000 views within, like, 10 minutes on TikTok. Like, how? Because there's more people on it. That's what I said, is there's less drama. You're not yeah. posting memes back and forth at each other. Like, there's yeah. so much less drama on TikTok. It's fucking... It's just post it and see what happens. Well, it's easier to make videos. And yeah. And most of us are doing videos anyways. We want people to see the, the yeah. quality of our work. So... That's one thing I need to work on, is being more visual for the company, I guess, because I never... I'm always by myself, so it's hard to oh, dude, get someone to take pictures of me or whatever. And I don't always feel awkward on camera, like right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth, like, I just pretend there's nobody on the other side. That's true. Like, I just always tell myself, like, I hate... Like, I don't mind standing up in front of a crowd and talking to people, because I know oh, I, can I can see the reaction from people. all day. People ask me all the time, can I watch you detail or I get customers? Can I sit here and watch you polish this? And I'm like... But Absolutely. a camera, I just pretend nobody's there. That's true. Like, I just act like nobody's going to watch it because I don't feel like I would sit and watch this. This is true. <laughs> but nonetheless, like, people do. And it's it's worked out great because, like, I started the whole podcast to try and get other polishers and, like, beginners, detailers and polishers, like, a constructive outlet to just listen to other people that are going through the same things. And seeing some of us that are fortunate enough to do the nicer stuff and not feel like... Like, we go through the same problems that we did at day one. We're still, yeah. We still go through the same problems. It doesn't matter if you started off polishing Ford Escorts or million-dollar Lamborghinis. Like, we all ran through the same issues. Well, that's what I tell new-time detailers, also, especially small-town detailers. Right? I get to see them on the forums all the time, and they're, well, so-and-so Miami is charging $3,000 for a coating, and I can only get $600 for a coating. And I'm like, well... It's your market. Well, it's not your only area. is it your market. The market is less here, but that shop in Miami probably costs... Fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a month in rent. Ten employees, yeah. overhead, everything. He has a garage in a small town. Yeah. You know, it's, you're probably netting the same thing at the end of the day. That's what it means. It's like, and the, the kids looking. Oh, I want to do a Ferrari so bad. And yeah, they're great to do. They look great for social media. Sometimes they come with that client. But two, you're gonna make ten tenfold the money on a Honda Civics because there's thousands more Honda Civics. Now you can do a thousand of them in yeah. a day. Yeah, I mean the Ferraris are. You know, they look great, but they're they don't pay the bills. Yeah. I always say that, like, for us, too, the show trucks, like, the show trucks are maybe... You know how it is. Show, we aren't making money at shows. No, we don't. And a lot of people don't understand that. Everybody's like, oh, my God, I want to go work at the shows. It's like, we don't make money at the shows. Like, I make more money here at my shop and locally around my shop than I ever have at a show. Well, the shows are just for visual and presence. And once you're in it long enough, it becomes like your family. But Yeah, if you want the marketing. Yeah. Like, it's your marketing expense. I just I saw one of the uh, show people who were like traveling car carnies. <laughs> Essentially. Because yeah, you go to the same show and it's the same vendors, same people, we yeah. see each other just across the country. You see the same group of people, but once friends, in a while you get different customers. It must be nice to go to these shows in detail and do all this stuff. I'm going, do you want my fuel bill? Do you want the hotel bill? Do you want the food bill? I said the one the, year. Do you want the 48 hours of staying up straight because you got to get 20 trucks done in 48 hours? Yeah. The last company I worked with, um, I went to 10 shows with those guys. And I calculated out what I spent in fuel and hotels and what I charged customers at the shows and what I made. I spent $60,000 more than I made. 
I was 60,000 negative for that year. If I went to have my shop here, I, I would not have survived. Like, oh, my I, shop does really my well. My friends, the same thing, you know how it is with like getting sponsored parts and stuff. Everybody wants wish, free stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, if I were to take those bumpers and take everything off my truck, did I go to all the shows, I probably could have bought them all retail just like fuel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this stuff adds up super fast. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people don't understand is they want to be a part of that scene and that culture. Oh, it's fun. Don't it is wrong. fun. It's a lot of stress, but it's fun. A lot of good people in it. I like the semis better because it's a judged atmosphere. Like, there's a point system to yeah. it. Well, so, like, sense. I can tell when I'm doing better. Like, the I go to person, a lifted truck show. The same person's not going to win because they're friends with so-and-so or they got to push apart. Right. So I go to a lifted truck scene, and it's like, I polished what I thought was the coolest truck there, and it was like, he didn't even get a mention. Like, how does that even happen? Like, yeah, there's a lot of cool vehicles here, but this thing has the most level of detail I've ever seen. Like, I always go back to Big Willie's truck, like, the bottom side of his truck is painted. Well, that's what, like, Lady Luck, like, there's nothing under that truck that's not done. Everything is Yeah, painted. Lady Luck's Everything the same is, thing. Like, there's nothing on there that hasn't Lady been Luck, touched. Like, the old, you know, the older, you know, I, I say, like, I feel like the SEMA, the SEMA truck level scene hasn't been the same since 16. No, I will agree with that Everything 100%. now is powder-coated, and it's the same lift, same wheels, just nine denalies in a row that are the same color. It's cookie-cutter. Back in the day, you had, you know, Tweety. And you had Eden and guys that were doing quarter million dollar builds, building trucks that were coming in, and that lift wasn't on any other truck. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think Chris, I feel like Chris Fassig was probably one of the first to really push that envelope. Everything under that truck really? was polished. In 2016, all his shock towers. It wasn't all chrome. It was, but it, nothing. But it wasn't powder coated, easy to maintain. Like all these other trucks nowadays, everything's just powder coated. That's true. Don't get me wrong. True. I would powder coat everything too. <laughs> but, but listen, I'm talking about doing chrome, just because I don't want to maintain my own polish. Yeah, like, you also want to do a the polisher never gets work. to do his own polish. The detailer never has time to detail his own rig. Let's say it took me three years to coat my own truck. <laughs> and you do coatings on a regular basis, yeah. like. But main reason I didn't coat it forever was I was also you were on a, you can't test any products on it. That's true. That's very true. Once you coat your that vehicle, like I can't test anything on it. Yeah. You won't know the difference. That's true. So. And it's always nicer to test on your own stuff because, like, I can go run through a field here local and cover it in yep. jazz and bring it in and detail it. Like, yeah, that's true. It is n nicer to be able to do that stuff. So how long have you been with Manette? So technically as a business partner since January. So just this year? Yeah, that's why I moved to Dallas. We decided to finally, it was just like trying to do this over the phone and help you with products and help you with ideas on what products need to be made. John's a chemist, so yep. he's not in the field using products every day sure. to see like what people need, what people don't need, or like what he could, he, we could improve on with products that somebody else isn't doing with their product. Yep. I'm the one out in the field doing it. So helping him with products, okay. That's a really good duo. Yeah. And a super the, smart chemist. Detailers need, okay, there's a, there's a, like right now, one of the hardest things to find anything for, I think I've only found like three things in the, so far. And one of them you have to buy straight from Lamborghini is a uh, Alcantara cleaner. So Alcantara is that super fine, like micro suede they're putting in everything. Yeah. So what most people don't realize is it's not even it's not fabric. It's man-made polymers. It's actually plastic. So when you use all these carpet cleaning chemicals, they're burning that plastic. That's why Alcantara doesn't come back. Really? <laughs> so John's working on that right now. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, so if you have Alcantara in your interior, please do not use any carpet cleaning products. <laughs> it will destroy it. That'd be a bad deal. Especially yeah. a Lamborghini. Like, could you imagine destroying your interior on a Lamborghini and being like, well, now what? Yeah. And we're shipping uh, this back to Italy. <laughs> That'd be brutal. Yeah. So that, I mean, being there with him, obviously I'm on the road a lot. Like right now I've been on the road for two and a half months, but... Being there with him in person and getting to work with products and test things with him in person versus him sending them to me across the country and when I was in Phoenix just helps a lot. Yeah. And now that he's been going out and detailing with me, which is funny with him being a chemist because sometimes he doesn't know how to use his own products, <laughs> but he he understands it now. And now he sees how I detail and he's like, oh man, like he gets to see, well, we don't have a product for that. Yeah. So we'll make that. I feel like that's a disconnect for most big companies though is they don't detail. Well, the person that's pushing the product or the person that's making the product, they aren't detailers. Most they're of them are bean counters. Yeah, they're, they're, they're paid. They went to school for marketing. Yep. 
They're not gonna clean the car. Yeah. Like watching the first time we ever I used Mega Shine with John on the interior. He was doing the interior of his girl's um, Lexus, and I was doing an M, uh, A5 for her, her her son. And I had that whole interior on the A5 done. He was still halfway through a door. Really? He was putting on a sponge and lightly like shredding it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Spraying the towel. So I go. did it. And wipes down. He goes, whoa. I'm like yeah. I'm like, you know, he wants everything to be perfect. Yeah, like, no, I get it. That's the chemical. Like, yep. Everything's to a T. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, working with him has been nuts. Like being able to like make things on the fly. Yeah. Like, it's cool that you've got that outlet. Oh, calling him and be like, okay, I can't get this out of a headliner. Okay, go to the store, buy an apple, green one, cut it in half, buy alcohol in this, mix it together, spray that, then rub it with the with the apple. And I'm like, what? And no joke, it just sucks it right out into the apple. That's crazy. Yeah, the way his he walks into a store and he doesn't see fruit, he sees chemicals. That's wild. The first the first round of chemicals we ever made, like as far as like my gloss sauce and the quick detail yep. and his showstopper and yep. all those colors yep. were really fruit. Really? He was extracting the color from the rinds of the fruit. So he was buying cases of limes to make gloss sauce green. And the... Uh, Is that to keep the oils and stuff out of it? Yeah. and well, Because most scents are oils. Most scents and most dyes are all solvent based. So when you start adding that to your base, you're starting to change the pH. Now he's got it down to where he's making things with dice, but... See, now most people don't even think of that kind of stuff. John, that's John. But I couldn't figure out why, like, my quick detail spray, the original one, the yellow one, worked amazing. It was made strictly from bananas. He was blending up bananas, putting it in there. Really? That's yellow. But every fly loved it. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. But they worked, I mean, you would never... He still made, actually, our, uh, the matte spray, the reason that's pink is it's still made with lemons and strawberries. He hasn't figured out how to make that color without fruit. That's crazy. Like, that's next level stuff. And the uh, purple unicorn, the carpet stuff, has, uh, it's lemons. He was really? just complaining to me the other day, lemons went up in price. I'm like, <laughs> we gotta, I'm like, I keep telling him, like, you gotta figure something out before we, uh... Before fruit gets crazy. Yeah, or we gotta buy a farm. Good <laughs> you gotta buy, buy a vineyard or eat or... That's funny. Yeah. I mean, it works. Oh, yeah. So... I mean, I watch a lot of your stuff, and you, your attention to detail is crazy. Well, working with him and having a chemist in your back pocket, it's now that I get to start understanding like why the chemicals are doing what they're doing, like I start, every detailer wants to be a, a scientist and they want to yeah. mix this and that. We all do it. We all mix our compounds and our polishes and like to make it less cut, more cut, better finish, whatever. But to really like start especially if you eat interior stuff and you start learning pHs and why that breaks down proteins and this doesn't break down fatty acids and like and your stains like it just it's changed my whole detailing like this whole year has been I'm, I guarantee I'm putting out better work this year than I've done in the last four and I'm doing less work that's crazy but I'm doing bigger and just better work I've also slowed down and not started focusing more on what I'm doing versus the dollar yeah so I I too like for polishing, metal polishing, it's literally about thoroughfare, like how much you can get through in a day. But y- you are a, like... I'd rather do one car in a day and do every quarter of it. But I do mobile de- mobile polishing, you do mobile detailing, like you're true mobile, like you travel state to state. Yeah, I'm a little crazy. But, yeah. but you do it like next level, like you don't do like... Springer does a lot of production stuff. He does a lot of high-end stuff as well, but he does a lot of production stuff as well. Like, he goes in and maintains fleets and, like, comes into one customer that's got 15 vehicles he's got to knock out today. And he's found a way to make money doing that. You've also kind of carved out your own little niche in your... Well, jumping into the the SEMA scene, the truck scene, helps, I mean, tenfold. Because it really... Yeah, everybody sees you. Yeah, you get in, you're visually there... And then, you know, like, especially being in Phoenix, where we have, uh, I think last time I heard, there was like 500 plus registered detailing businesses in the county of Maricopa. Really? You gotta find, when you walk up to a guy at a show, and with your card, and you gotta talk to someone, and they're like, well, what do you do? You're just one of the thousands of the detailers. Yeah. And then, even being in the truck scene, I found it was hard to get in with the high-end car guys, because then they hear, oh, you do SEMA trucks, you do trucks. They don't hear 
they don't hear that that truck costs as much as their Ferrari. Yeah. They just hear your new truck. So that's been a that was a, a gap that I've been really pushing this last. I've always year. had that thing with the semis too. Everybody's like, oh, you do semis. Like, you realize some of these trucks are five hundred thousand dollars. Like, this is two Lamborghinis sitting here. Like, yeah, that's small town life. People don't get that. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, like driving through like. You see some of these combines and stuff out here, and people don't understand. They're like that million dollar combines. That old man driving that ninety nine seven three that's never gonna die. That you think is broke. That combine cost him a million dollars. He's got ten million dollars in farm equipment. <laughs> yeah, like it's people don't understand that, and like I shoot pictures with models when I'm at the shows, mainly to support my customers. Yeah. And I do a charity calendar and stuff, and the girls are always like, "Oh, I want to sit on it." Like, no. Uh. Uh-uh. They're like, oh, I sit on Lamborghinis all the time. I'm like, this is two Lamborghinis right oh, I here. See comp- I see certain companies at the shows that are putting their girls on the trucks, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you have a PDR guy coming behind <laughs> you and pulling the dents from their knees. I'm like, come on. Oh, my God. It makes my brain hurt. Like, I get it. was bad about that, though. You'll see these models with their heels up on Bentleys and stuff. Dude, like, it's crazy. Like, last year, I watched somebody standing in a wheel, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just polished that. Yeah, those pictures of your baby in your wheel are really cute. <laughs> But they give us all nightmares. <laughs> like, I know what it's going to take to fix that. Yeah. And it's not fun. Ooh. It's not great. So, how many SEMAs have you done now? Three? Four? Sixteen. So, since sixteen. So, that's... Four this four. year. Four. Well, five this year's canceled, this year. so... Yeah. It would have been five this year. That's wild. Yeah. And then I've done... At least nine shows a year since. And you and I touched on this a little bit when we were in the shop hanging out. That your first two SEMAs... All it was is waterless? First SEMA. First SEMA? First SEMA was uh, interesting, to say the least. It was all waterless wash. All waterless. Um, was supposed to stay with someone out there. They got That didn't happen, so the first four days I slept in the back of my truck. Whoa. I was just going to the gym and showering every morning. Um, no way. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. no. Yep, slept in the bed of the truck. I had a shell on I had a 99 Dodge and I had a shell on the back, so I slept in the back of that. I had a phone in Airbnb somewhere. Just went for it. <laughs> that was before I didn't know anyone. Like everyone asked me, like, so you just how'd you know how'd you get into SEMA? And I'm like, well, I had a friend that was building the headlights at the time and had one truck. That owner was like, Can you come to SEMA and detail my truck? And I went, But you can go there and detail? And I was like, a light bulb. And then my roommate at the time told me I couldn't do it. And I was like, Oh, okay, watch this. I'll show you. I went down the SEMA builds list on Instagram and just started messaging people. I think I got a hold of like Robbie's wife, Kina. Uh, I ended up doing stuff for Robbie. Um, I did all the Diesel Brothers stuff that year. That's crazy. Waterless. I did. <laughs> um, a bunch of now good, great friends, people that supported me since day one. Um, I did their stuff, um, Randy's trucks for like Diamond Eye. Yeah, I think I did like 18 trucks waterlessly by myself the first year. That's wild. And all waterless. Just all waterless. So when I hear detailers and people say that, oh, I just can't, I can't figure it out. I just, I don't know how people do this. It's like, if you want something, it's all there. Yeah, like last year, Paul and I went to SEMA, and we ended, up, we ended up detailing quite a few. I yeah. mean, we touched up all of Robbie's bills oh. last year. I think everybody, everyone was cleaning <laughs> someone's details up last year. Yeah, so. like you did quite a few of them yourself as well, uh, but like I, we did all of us, Robbie's booth vehicles. Us and Omar, so Vegas boys, they're also, they become like my family at SEMA. Um, I like Vegas boys, they're, they're good like people. Like the last two years I've been out there, uh, Matt, by myself for a couple of days and then I have a friend uh, Brandon who now has his own detailing business in Arizona his mom lives across from in and out on Sahara so I stay yep. there luckily yep. for free yep. um, and he works with me at SEMA well last year I ended up by myself completely and uh, until Brandon could get there um, and Omar and you know his wife like they would be paying attention you know they brought me they brought me in and out because they saw me I had an eight all day um, we send de- we send details back and forth like if I'm just getting to the point where like I'm trying to kill myself getting these trucks done. Like yeah. last year, I did almost 40 trucks by yourself. Seven days. Yeah. Jeez. So they, you know, send a lot of work back and forth to them. Yeah, those guys are honestly they—they're like a heaven sent for SEMA. They're good for the industry too, for yeah. what it's worth. They're like, good people. They're good people putting out good content. They're doing it right. Well, they don't get involved in the drama, and they they're don't not care. Involved they in don't the care drama. about any brand names. Nothing. They're just there to be there. Yeah, like I met Omar, I want to say two years ago at SEMA, 
And then I got a chance to talk to him again last year, and we were wiping down Craig from Herd Builds truck. Yeah. And he comes over, he's like, you want me to tire shine these tires? I'm like, nah, Craig doesn't like tire shine. Yeah. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, listen, Craig doesn't like tire shine. He's like, all right, man, but if you need anything, just give me a holler. I'm like, no, I don't know, we're good. And then we ended up suit, sitting around just shooting the breeze and for a little do. bit. I mean, his crew is probably, he, got, he has to do at least 200. I bet he does 200 vehicles. Easily. Easily 200 Easily. vehicles. Like, they're hustling yeah. all week. Like, yeah. sun up, past sundown, like, Yeah, hustling. between them and then my friend David owns, uh, oh, I don't know, I'm going to kill it. ADSLV. Yeah. It's point automotive detailing supplies in Las Vegas. Yeah. Henderson. Actually, I talked to him for quite a bit. So we had lunch. They, one they day. have spot for your water on the building there, so yeah. that helps yeah. too. But yeah, SEMA's a. It's fun. It looks great on TV, and all you people that get to go there for four days and walk around, I'm jealous. Yeah. It's 14 days of hell. But, yeah. yeah. I said one of these years I'm just gonna go and chill. No, you won't. Like, it's like you told me out there <laughs> when I said I would love to go to SEMA and just walk around. And you're like, no, because everyone's gonna know who you are and ask you to fix this, that, and the other thing. I'm like. Same with you. Yeah, you feel bad. Yeah. Like, you're like, this company bailed on me, or this company didn't do it right, or you're like, all right, like, yeah. you got stuff with you, like, I didn't bring none of my stuff, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll go get some. Yeah. Like, all right, so we go and get product from somebody else, and it's like, yep, laying on the ground in my good clothes, yep. like, <laughs> trying to fix somebody else, yeah. Oh, see, my, or show life in general. Honestly, I wouldn't no, trade it for anything. There's either. no scheduling. I try to explain to people like the new details coming into the show scene. You all want to do this. Okay, so and so's here at 11, 12, 1, whatever. They won't be there. I got my ass handed to me by doing that the first couple of years. You know, I Keenan just tell everybody give me a two hour window of when you're coming in yep. because it gives me two hours to finish what I'm working on or move something or whatever because everyone blows a tire, <laughs> weather sucks. You're driving across the country, shit yeah. happens. Like, no one's ever there on time. Yeah. And I spend more time detailing at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning than... Oh, yeah. So Keenan and I went in thinking we were going to light the world on fire because we do pretty well in the, the semi scene. But, like, our semi guys, like, I can schedule them 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and they are there 15 minutes ahead of time and ready. Like, and you better get them done at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Yeah, but they also don't wait until three weeks before a big show to build their whole truck, so. Yeah, so <laughs> Keenan and I thought, we're going to go and light the world on fire. Like, we know what we're doing. Yeah. Like, I still remember how to detail. So it's like, we're going we're gonna to kill this thing. And we went in the first day and we're like, where is everybody? Mm -hmm. Like, I had you scheduled for seven. And we messaged them and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm almost there, bro. And it was like. Seven o'clock at night, they're rolling in. And then like, someone shows how up and wants to be. Twelve hours late. Oh, twelve hours late, and then they show up, two hours late, and then you ended up filling their spot with someone else, and they think as soon as they show up, you should immediately get on theirs, and you're like, uh, no. Yeah, I had somebody scheduled for seven o'clock tonight. Yeah. So you're gonna have to wait till seven o'clock tomorrow morning, yeah. so I can or do yours just, before I just start with everybody else. And it'll get up. Like, oh, which man. is basically where I'm at. Most people just drop their vehicles off and they know that they go do their thing and come back. Yeah. And honestly. We, they learned, hang out. we learned by SEMA last year that that was the way to do it. Like, just tell me you need it done. This is where we're at. Yeah. Drop it off. What? When do you have to have it done by? When are you being placed? Because yep. even at that, at the SEMA scene, I got to be placed by Monday at whatever time. And then that changes. Yeah. So. Yeah, we noticed everybody changed last year. That's just that's how it every went. show. Mosquito. That's why, I, like, anyone that's not, anyone that lives their life on a very, very planned out, like. That's me. I like everything scheduled and planned, and it ruined my life. Yeah, that's why everyone's like, how do you do this? I'm like, it, my favorite saying in John's favorite saying, it is what it is. Like, you just got to, you just get I would have it. to change hours. my brain. That's just 48 hours of just get it done. And then on Saturday, which most of you don't even see me at the shows anymore, it's because I'm sleeping. Yeah. Because Thursday and Friday, I have been up for two days. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's just get it done. Like, do what you gotta do, get it done, because once the show starts, it's over. Yeah. I said, honestly, I want to do Louisville, my big truck show. Dallas, my big truck show. Um, I'd like to stay doing SEMA every year I possibly can, because I, I thoroughly enjoy SEMA. I always say that, like, you know, oh, man, it'd be nice not to do the shows, and then it's like, we're not traveling as much. And then the more I travel, the more, I, like this year, I've really just, last year, I traveled because I had to, and the truck broke down, and yep. we went through all that, yep. and then 
I started detailing just to survive, and this year I'm detailing to like it again. And yeah. The more I've traveled and realized that's just kind of what I'm known for. I'll tell you what, this year, like with COVID, like we had the police here at our shop because an anonymous person called us in for being non-essential, and we were essential. We dealt with the state for all that yeah. stuff, and we got to stay open during the whole shutdown from COVID, but we weren't allowed to leave our shop and work outside of our shop for, we're still technically not supposed to. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you guys, but, you guys, but you guys, Wisconsin was like completely Arch shut down. Ours was on a federal level. You guys though. were completely shut down. Yeah, we were for Texas like three was, months. Texas was county based. Like yeah. certain mayors like Montgomery County told the state to go fuck themselves. Yeah, right. So it was so, like, I've been home all year this year. Like, we didn't have any shows until my local show gone. upon here. So it was like, I've been around my wife and kids all year. Like, I, I love them, but it's weird not seeing my show family. Like, see, if I didn't travel and, like, like going to Florida yep. and seeing Brendan yep. and stopping in, in in Tennessee and seeing Josh, which is where I'm going back to, to tonight. Um, so I'm seeing the show family just, I'm traveling to them. Yep. So. Some of them have come through the shop here this year just to get touched up, polished, yeah. and stuff. But it's weird not having like a thousand people around at a show. Like it's just, it's very different. It's a different yeah. feel this year. I don't know. I don't want to say it's depressing, but it kind of is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, like I said, I always like complain. Oh my god, I go do Orange Beach, and it's gonna be forty-eight hours of literally yeah. killing myself. But then. You get there and you start seeing everyone that you haven't seen in a couple months, and like, yep. it is like a little show family. Like yeah, you see everyone that you get, even yeah. even from ven family. from vendors all the way down to now, it's clients that have become, you know, honestly, most of the people in the show scene are really my probably closest friends now. Yeah, uh, honestly, a lot of mine are as well. A lot of my truckers are. I talk to them more than I talk to some of my family. Yeah, you know, and it's sad because I love my family, but I talk to those guys more than I talk to some of my family. Yeah. So what's been like the highlight of your career? What's like, oh. I don't care if it's the coolest truck you worked on or one of the top awards that you've won, like just anything. Just see. I know you got Chip Foose's tattoo on your arm, <laughs> so maybe that's it too. I don't know. That was pretty cool. <laughs> it is cool. I won't yeah. lie. Like the fact that he signed it and you went and got it tattooed, like yeah. that was pretty dope. My buddy Brandon stood in line for three hours at CMA Night this year, last year. And five minute, five people from the from Chip. He's like, I'm, I'm in line. And I ran over and got it, and ran and got a tattoo. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Um, that just the people you meet at the shows. I mean, as far as cars I've done, uh, I don't know. You know how it is. The more you keep getting into more and more stuff, the more jaded you get. I don't yeah. know. I just. That's what I mean. Is like nothing really. Very few times. Like I really thought excited. the Eleanor was gonna be like. I could do an Eleanor, and then it's like, I don't even know. Just another vehicle. It's an Eleanor, but it was just another vehicle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hate um, it. Like, I, I like to see the guys at the gas station with the C10 that's five different colors, and because yeah. they're still building it, like to me, yeah. that's. I like a lot of the project builds as well. That's always a good thing yeah. for me. Like the truckers, I love watching it that they're building it while they're driving it. Like the guys that tear them down and build them and then release them at. Our big shows like that stuff's cool too, but I like the guys that build them while they're driving them. I don't know, seeing like the stuff that I worked on, like on, like trucking magazine covers and right, you know, and then like Diesel World Mag and stuff like that. It's cool to see. I mean, obviously we don't see that anymore because they're all going paperless. But yeah, yeah. that's that's always been fun. That's probably the saddest part of going paperless is people aren't getting like the actual magazine covers anymore. You know, like. Yeah, you might still get that still that printout from them and put it on the wall, but yeah. it's never gonna be like you know. Yeah, it's sad. Being from a small town, you know, like seeing the magazine. You start traveling and doing that. all this, like the high-end cars and trucks. Yeah. Like you know, my parents always want to see like and send them a magazine, so they can be like, oh. You know. See the magazine sitting in the magazine stand at the gas station, and you're, yeah, like, and you're like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, like when we did Dar's truck and my you front cover logo right on the front cover. That's awesome. Yeah, it's that's like, awesome. just sit there and go. That's actually my logo, but you know, that's pretty cool. Like, and it's it's different. Like in all the conversations I've ever had with you, like you and I talked about it a little bit today. That 
like detailing and polishing are like two different two different sides of the brain. Oh, I look at what you do and I like on a daily basis and <laughs> nope. I would rather polish your truck fifteen times than to do a semi. Yeah. Really? Oh, uh, maybe I'll do wheels now because I got this down. But I was gonna say you got it down pretty good too. But uh, yeah, polish on it like a full like a dairy tank. Yeah. No. <laughs> I look at that and that gives me anxiety. Like when, yeah. even when Peter posted that and tied you, I was like, you two. That forty-eight foot tank. Yeah, I'm like you and Evan. Just that. You guys can have that. It does take a different breed to do the big stuff like that, and a lot of young polishers want to do big jobs. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah, they look the big jobs look amazing for social media, but you can pump out like. <laughs> like me getting to do a 40-foot toy hauler. Yes, that's a great payday for a coating. But I could probably do your truck four times. Yeah, and, and make, make the same money, money in less same. time. Yeah. yeah, and not be on a ladder every day. Yeah, no kidding. Like, that's the biggest thing is, like, I'm up on scaffolding, hoping I don't fall off, hoping the grinder don't fly up. Like, uh, Especially uh, when you're using a rotary, and you're on a ladder, and that thing's pulling you across, and you're trying to, like, core weight yourself <laughs> on the ladder, and you have no idea how many ladders I've fallen off. Oh, dude, I've fallen off so many ladders. Like, I don't know how I haven't the broke my back. The first toy I ever coded, I fell off the the OSHA safe top ladder. <laughs> fell off. I somehow <laughs> sunk my feet into the ladder. The ladder's still going over. Held that ball of coating. Elbow straight to the floor, but I never dropped that coating. Oh, uh, how did you not shatter your elbow? I don't know. I sat there for a minute, though. <laughs> but, yeah, that was... I was place. at a toy hauler. That was my first fall off. was up on a toy hauler. I was at a show, didn't have scaffolding, we had a ladder to get up on the roof, and I had to buff the top rail, and I was buffing it, and I caught a light, and it yanked me right off, through me, luckily, I landed in the grass, and I landed on my back, I thought I broke all my ribs, like, oh, how many times I've fallen off, like, ladder, like at, at the shows, because you don't want the ladder touching those trucks, yep, you just push off, and just, you're gonna eat it, it yep. is what it is, as long as that ladder doesn't touch that paint, yep. you're good, yeah, and honestly, you work on some of the coolest stuff, like, I mean, you get some of the the big names in the industry that yeah i'm like i'm very grateful that i have some really big named people that have supported me you've got like, a really good client base there's yeah. no doubt about it and it is kind of nice that you can travel around the country and stay busy yeah through that client base that's, that's well i mean cool. right like you said you've been stuck here through covid i've been able to jump from customer to, to customer. orange beach and back i left on june 26th to go to scraping didn't really plan on doing much of scraping. I really only went there to like say hi to a couple people and maybe help do one truck. Ended, ended up, up working. Ended up helping Nick with uh, three or four trucks because new, you know, new him being you know newer in the full time washing in the Zima scene. He tried to do the be here at a certain time, and I was watching him just people started overlapping, and I'm like, I'm just gonna help him. Yeah. Jumped in, helped him. He's you know he does great work too. Um, and then drove to Florida, and I have been from Dallas to Key West to Michigan around the UP to you <laughs> since June 26th. Well, I'm glad you stopped by because you were one of the people that I definitely wanted to get on the podcast at some point in time, and just because I hold you up in the detailing world as one of my top guys. I mean, Paul's been doing it for, I think he said 30-some years, and honestly, I think he is one of the most talented detailers I've seen because he does it like I do to the polishing scene like he's found a way to make money doing fleet work yeah and oh that's there's a ton of money in fleet work and doing doing a lot of just maintenance washes, work stuff like that I just my brain doesn't work that way I know but you found a way to like tailor yourself to the high-end clients you found a way to work around their schedule that's worked like I've seen you work at shows and like you're doing coatings you're doing full details like uh, LST this year I've been at show, well the two shows are done Orange Beach and LST, usually I'm in a parking lot and I'm just pumping out as many washes as I can. Yep. At LST, I did six vehicles. I did two full corrections and a coating and a full like SEMA detail on Brandon's, on Salinas' truck. That's I mean, wild. But those are, I mean, two years around LST, the trucks I've done have taken best undercarriage. I mean, but people don't realize it's seven hours of detailing on the undercarriage alone. To get that to happen. Yeah. yeah. Like that's... That's crazy. 
like some of our semis. I've, I've got I spend like, more time laying under trucks than most people will ever. In I've their got life. thirty hours detailing some of these guys. Like when we're at this the pickup shows, because like it's white glove treatment. Mm -hmm. Like they get white gloves out to try and find dirt oh, and yeah, dust. So it's like a concourse event for trucks. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. That's probably the next step of what I want to try to get into is more restoration style and start doing stuff like Monterey Car Week and concourse yeah. stuff. Like I don't know if I ever want to get like. Like one of the people I watch a lot of is like Scott Nichols. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, probably guy, probably one of the biggest guys I've watched. He does concourse details. Yeah. Doing nine or ten of them a year, but he's doing three month details. Like, I don't know if I could ever do that much mentally focus on one car yeah. for that long, but I want to start getting into it more. Paul talked about that in his podcast that um, he did one of the Riddlers this year. Oh, that's cool. And the amount of time he had in that, I think he said he, he built out 200 hours. I mean, that's five weeks. To get to work on a Riddler car would be nuts. Dude, and the one they did, like, it's one of the nicest cars. I've Next trip out there, I'm going to get to go and see this thing and actually, like, not literally put my hands on it, but be, like, yeah. right there close enough I could. And I, I honestly can't wait to see it because every video he sent me was, like, there was no inch of that thing that he didn't touch. Like... Yeah, they're pulling nuts, bolts, and it's and everything. crazy. Yeah. Like probably the most expensive car I've touched is uh, Paul Walker's all aluminum body yeah. Shelby. Yeah. Um, Cobra. That one I had to prep before Barrett Jackson, and that was like I was watched the entire time because that's was the last car to come off the AC Shelby line. And really? It, and it is hand rolled aluminum, so there's still imperfections in that car, but that's be those imperfections are why that car is what it is because it's actually hand rolled aluminum. That's crazy. There's no motor in that car or nothing, but it's still worth still Just worth a rolling chassis. Still worth over a couple million. <laughs> That's nuts. Because the last one to come out of actual Shelby. So did you have to polish it or did you just detail it? We just cleaned it. I just cleaned it up for Barry Jackson. That's wild. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. So what's the biggest thing that you did that you thought you were going to make money you got in and you lost your tail on. Um, there's been a couple of learning curves, like when I first started traveling and so-and-so will be like, oh, I got nine trucks for you to do as soon as you get here, and then it always ends up being one. <laughs> so I will tell you, if you were going to start traveling as a detailer, deposits. Deposits, deposits, <laughs> deposits. And I still struggle with it. I trust too many people too much. But yeah. We did that too. We trusted yeah. everybody. You get somewhere and the next thing you know, you've done one vehicle and that covered your fuel. Or you got there and they were out on the beach partying and didn't want to bring their truck to get detailed. They were like, that, I'm just yeah, going to park it for the weekend because it's going to rain. Like, yeah. oh, okay, awesome. That was That's uh, the year at Daytona, when the first year you met us. Yeah. That, sing that year, every single show except for SEMA, we got rain for detailing. I detailed in the rain for almost eight shows. Ooh. We detailed in the rain for LST twice. Well, that's why this year it was raining. And uh, I did a truck for Chaotic Customs, and they're just a little bit farther out in Conroe. Well, they're in like this luxury storage place. Uh, I wouldn't say. So it's, it's nice. I wouldn't say it's a storage. Inside. Like in the corner units, it's an apartment above the storage. They're wow. Super nice. The owner um, traded me out some work on one of his stuff, and gave me a, a twenty foot by eighteen foot bay to work out of that comes in power handy. water whatever I needed was there so I did the trucks there because it was supposed to rain all weekend and we all know LST is a hopefully this year we don't get that weather but LST always ends up being a mud pit a mud it's fest, always so, wet and I was not going to sit in the parking lot and try to fight that so yeah. it's always wet yeah alright so my last question and then I'll let you ask me a question but the last question I have is you said you've been doing this five years. If you could go back to you, if I brought you a time machine tomorrow and I could take you back to yourself five years ago, what would be maybe the best piece of advice or best couple piece of advice that you could give yourself to put yourself in a better position now? The biggest thing I tell the new detailers now is just save up and buy it once. I tried the whole, well, I'll just buy this one and then it'll work for a little bit and then you buy the next one. And no, you spend so much more money doing that and you end up chasing your tail. And when you're trying to like, especially one thing I try to help new detailers with, and a lot of them I've gotten good feedback on it is, when you're first starting out, you may not have the money to go buy five gallons of each of these products. Yeah. 
Find something you love, buy five gallons of it. Find something else you love, use it for a while. Every time you get a big detail or you save up, just keep trying to accumulate five gallons of each of the products because it'll save you in the your long cost run. at the end of the day. Like I try to tell everybody the same thing with grinders. Like a lot of people go to Harbor Freight and they buy the cheap grinders. And I'm like, all right, so you spent forty dollars on that grinder and it burnt out this week. You had to drive back to the store. Yeah, people time is money. Every and time then, you have to go back somewhere, that's money. And then they bought another one for forty dollars or they warrantied it. And it was like, all right, so now you got the warranty, but you still had to pay $15 for the new warranty. So how many times do you drive back and forth to that store before you may as well have just bought a Makita or a DeWalt or a Milwaukee? Yeah. Something I, nice I that has torque. If I would one just to buy a Flex, I would have bought a Flex. Yeah, so I use a lot of Flex. But Paul, Paul's a firm believer in the Flex. He uses the cordless. You use the wired. And you and I talked about that. With me being mobile, traditionally I'm, everything I'm doing is on the fly. Like on the mobile, I don't really have... I do a lot of shop stuff that I trade off with shops around, yeah. but most of the stuff I'm doing is I don't have time to be there for three days, I don't have a shop, so right. with the Flex you have the ability to dig like a rotary, Yeah. Um, less Quite likely hard. to destroy anything like a rotary, right. but uh, you also have that ability to finish with it too. Wow. And especially with a lot of the new cars and the higher end cars, you got a lot of body roll and uh, I'm way too impatient for a uh, clutch stall on the DA. So. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely move pretty quick. Like you, you definitely don't mess around. Like you get it done. You start to learn, you know, <laughs> where you certain can compounds where you work can. for certain paint. Certain compounds don't work for certain paint. And yeah. The and your little trailer set up. The solid. pads and the compounds nowadays, like the technology is just, it's crazy. Like you take, I still have the wires 105 because it's still a staple. Yeah. But you get these old products like 3M, and they just dust everywhere. And the new stuff is so much easier to work with. You have no. You know, even if some of this stuff, even if you hit, even if you were to not tape it off and hit the trim, you're yeah. not going to get white. Yeah. Because it's solvent. But comes in handy. Yeah. Yeah, I would have definitely spent a lot of money chasing myself around with products and chasing with, you know, because when you first start out, everyone buying off the shelf, you don't know better. And then you realize that, like, you're just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like buying wheel cleaner, for instance. Like, when I first started, I was using whatever I could find off the shelf, right? Yeah. Wires, all wheel cleaner. Yeah. And then you start buying things like nano skins like Speedy Bright that we were using for yep. a while. That's ten dollar or eight twenty dollars for a gallon that cuts ten to one. You're making ten gallons out of a twenty dollar versus a twenty five dollar twenty four ounce spray bottle that you're Single done in spray. ten seconds. Yeah. So yeah, if you guys can find concentrates and de and stuff that you love. And stuff that works. Stuff that you love and stuff that works and don't get we all, we both have our own brands and, and it's Yes, I push my nets a lot, but like, if, as a new detailer, sell yourself and sell your work. Don't put a brand on your back right away because that's you, one thing I w I wish you'd have told me that a few years back. You lose, <laughs> you lose, you lose who you are, and you also everyone associates you with that brand. So like, if that brand and you'd ever go separate ways now. Hard hill to cross. Yeah. Now you're, oh, you're with so-and-so. You're with so-and-so. You're so-and-so. Well, then they forget, you know, who you are. Whereas, like, I have no logos on the truck yeah. right now. Yeah. And I have not pushed a lot of stuff on social media. I've done more work this year being unbranded. Really? Because people are hiring me for me. They're not hiring me for the brand. And I will and say, as a like, detailer, they're not hiring you for that product that you're using. Yeah, I, honestly, use what works for you. Only thing I've ever heard in the past few years is I won't use you because of that product. Like something went wrong with that product. Company said something to somebody they didn't agree with. Well, that happens a lot in the like, truck world. That's the problem. Is like from lifts to wheels, the detailing products. So and so burned so and so, and then they don't use this. Yeah, but that's more the lifted truck scene. I feel like. Well, honestly, it's a semi scene too. Like I've had customers that wouldn't use me because I was using a certain product. Oh, yeah. And now that I've now that I've left, now I've got them back. It's like the only reason you didn't come to me was because of that product. Like that makes no sense to me. Like yeah. I'm I'm still the one putting in the work every day. Like what product I choose to use shouldn't matter. But some people are just well. Every product line has even yours and ours. Like every product line has winners and it has losers. Not every product line is going to be the literal best thing on the planet. Like right. A traditional glass cleaner, right? But that yep. has no sealants, nothing. I mean, how much better can most glass cleaners get than the other? Those are fillers in most lines. Yep. Just, you know, 
use find something you love and use it and go for it. I mean, I, we even John and I tell even new detailers that we want to be with manettes. Like, we're not here to shove manettes down your throat, and you have to use manettes only. Like, use what you love of our products. Yep. Use what you use. Like, I'm still gonna help you. I still try to promote everybody. Like, yeah. I, I've we gotten make, away from that. We make way more money together as a whole, as an industry, than we'll ever make. Apart. And I will say in the last, like, two years, the industry has become more, I feel like the industry has come together a lot more. You see a lot more detailers. Amongst help, the small detailers. Helping the guys out. like, like ourselves. Yeah, like, there's certain detailers. Like, I, I mean, every day I'm texting a certain, like, a, another detailer, and they're messaging me, just, you know, new guys or people that are working on well, how do I use this? What do I use this? Like, I've been talking with a gentleman out of uh, North Carolina. He's been detailing for 30 years, and he's just like, I don't understand how you get things done so quickly, you know, and he's buying things off the shelf still, and, right. you know, I'm explaining to him all this stuff, and he's like, wow, that's so much cheaper, and that's way easier, and it's, you know, I still learn every single day. Yeah. Technology changes so fast that... I still buy stuff off the shelf once in a while, even though I have my own brand. Like, if I see something cool on the shelf, I still buy it I and try walk, it out. I'm always walking down the, the chemical aisle, like, yeah. oh, what's new on the market and, like... Uh, yeah, I just want to yeah. keep in tune with what's all yeah. going on. Like, I don't see everything that comes through Facebook or Instagram, and it's like... Yeah, and people, people would be really crazy to think that I use Harbor Freight pads quite often. The new Bauer <laughs> pads are honestly identical to Roops pads. I know right. you Roops guys that are like a cult, but the new Bauer pads on the fly... For nine dollars are great pads. Yeah, if you needed a pinch. That yeah. black Denali I did that yeah. I had to sand completely. Yeah. That was all Harbor Freight pads. Really? It's not all the product. It's a lot. It's all the detailer. It it does. I always say products that. Like, help. Don't get me wrong. Products should just accentuate the talents of the person using it. Yeah. Like if you're using crap product, it's still going to be crap. Detailing product. and like what you guys do, it, what you're doing, it's all in prep. How much you care, what finish you want to leave. Technique technique it's not so much the yeah don't be wrong there's certain products that make our lives way easier oh yeah for sure if i had to detail a car with just stuff off the walmart shelf i could still do it i could figure it out yeah like it's not going to be great it's definitely going to take me that's my biggest thing with new detailers is like find what you love don't worry about being don't worry about making your facebook page one whole brand because then you alienate yourself to everyone else yeah that's true unless you're being paid by that company that you're putting on your back even then, I hope it's paid a lot. Yeah. Like. Because all you are is just making them money. I appreciate all the people that support the brand. Oh, yeah. And I, I try to repost them as much as I can. Yeah. But I, I don't get mad at them when I see them using another product. No, like, I, I understand that, like, everybody's got to use what works for them. I don't use just Manettes. Yeah, I own, part, you know, we're part of the company. But, like, there's, I still use some stuff here and there that we don't make. Yeah. So. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, I know some Plus, people I still like to try new stuff all the time. So. I know some people that'll castrate each other for it, and there's no reason yeah. for it. Oh, you didn't use? You, you're not using that? Like, how are you not using that? Uh, I found something better. Like, look at Turtlebox this year. Turtlebox just sent dormant for like the last six years of just. All of a sudden, they got a hundred new products. Their ceramic sealants are getting rated higher than Mothers and Maguires right. in the detailing pages. That's crazy. You know, it's crazy to see how the industry is just changing. Like, it seems like day to day. Everything's just changing so fast. I mean, the ceramics have just taken over. Well, now you're seeing graphene, and now they're talking oleophobics, and yeah. Eventually, Mercedes has been putting ceramic in uh, their paint in Germany, so eventually that bubble's going to pop because it's going to be all in, already painted on. So, I have a hard time understanding how that's all going to work, but we'll see as it, as it progresses how that all I plays mean, out. You saw today. But it told me three years ago that that little bottle of ceramic was going to do what it does. Protect for five years? Yeah, it just blows yeah, my mind. like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It just blows my mind. Like, I can't even wrap my head around it still. But all right, last thing. I'll let you ask me a question. The only thing I don't let is religion and politics, which I know you wouldn't do anyway. Yeah, but that's good. <laughs> I feel like we all just don't care. Like, no. it's just whatever. Yeah, we all, it is, yeah. But religion and politics doesn't mean anything in the car world. Right. <laughs> um, asking you a question, I mean, it's crazy, like, getting to work, like, with you polishing the truck with me today, like, because I, I put you at, like, probably the best, one of the best metal polishers in the, I appreciate that, that I see, and, like, we talk all the time on the phone, and yeah. you always are straightforward and giving, my, like, business advice and stuff, and, um, I don't know. This is always the tough one. It is a tough one. 
So, like, some people got a question, like, they've been waiting to ask me. Well, I feel like we talk on the phone quite a bit, so most of the things I want to ask you, I just ask you. <laughs> I just answer right away. Yeah. Get it done and over with. Um, is there anything that, like, any... As far as new detailers like me, you know, I've been a, so, like, yeah, I've understood how to polish aluminum, but, like, is there anything you would give the new detailer who wants to learn how to polish aluminum, like, as far as advice of not being afraid of it? Find a polisher. Like today, you were like, it's all pressure, not in technique, where it's yeah. like paint and stuff. I, I would say anybody that's looking to get transition from detailing to add polishing to what they do, I I know I've said this a hundred times, there's a lot of great YouTube videos out there. There's more guys other than myself putting out quality content on YouTube. You still cannot substitute actual training. That's why I drove here. Yeah, it's because I can. You can talk to me through it on the phone a hundred times. I can talk to other guys in the industry a hundred times, like I have. Today, just watching you, I knew right away it was pressure, and your pad was just at a bad angle. Once I got you to square your pad up and add a little pressure, the problem was gone. Yeah, the problem that we've been trying to figure out for like the last three six months, like, well, that and technique, like spinning the wheel versus trying to do it all like sitting stationary right but there's other guys other than myself that are doing training i would say honestly if you're a detailer and you're thinking about doing it find another polisher that's willing to train you there are other guys out there other than myself if you don't want to come to me yeah. and just even if it's just a day like if you took a day course on just general common knowledge well, just on watching polishing, you, just watching you do it and standing there going Oh, I work way too hard on polishing aluminum. That's why I've always hated it. Like, and anyone in the show scene will know. I, when it, even other detailers, they know. Yeah. When it comes to polishing wheels, I normally just send them to you or another yeah. polisher in the industry yeah. at the shows. Because, yeah, I can do it. I don't feel comfortable enough to sit there and polish out. Now I do. Watching yeah. you do it and sitting there actually polishing your and wheels today. Honestly, I think a lot more detailers are going to transition into that because a lot of guys see that we're that we have been capitalizing on that market. Well, if you're gonna, especially if you do this with trucks like I do, that's just part of the job. It's part of the job. Yeah, it's become just common every day yeah. now. And getting into the thirty by sixteens, it's like there's that much more wheel of polish. It's like you have to maintain them because as soon as they start getting wet and running through yeah. rain, it's like they're trashed. Yeah. So even, I would say just find even somebody. Even if you ceramic coat your polished wheels, which you should not do. Do not do that, please. I beg of you, please yeah. do not do that. Like I've buffed off some ceramic coats already, and they are not fun at all. Like with the buffer on the paint, that was actually not terrible. Mm. Well, I'm sure sometimes it is. Yeah, sometimes I've had to sand a couple of them off. But on wheels, like it is. Terrible. Aluminum's like a sponge and it soaks it in well, yeah, just a little bit. So you gotta sand way deeper than you want to. And it's just not great. Like please don't ceramic coat your wheels, especially if you plan on using me to polish, please don't do that. Yeah. Because I do not you want can to ask polish me him or Joey Gaines. We've been pushing this for two years now. Yeah. Everyone wants to coat their polished wheels. Thank you to Joey Gaines as well, as and as well as you for telling people not to do this because I've been saying it for a long time well like, Joey's also a metal polisher yeah, and a detailer his brother metal polishes too yeah, yeah so, so it's like, like for me and him we're more show in the truck scene we're, it's and they hard. understand that like yeah. you're just making more work for yourself down yeah. the road and it's not going to end well it's still going to oxidize underneath that coating just like because it breathes from the inside out yeah yeah it's just miserable but all right I appreciate that I know you got to get rolling you're going to head towards Tennessee yep tonight back so. on the road yeah, I appreciate you stopping Five by. Five days on the time. road and then back to Dallas. That's Whoa. if Josh doesn't talk me into going to Alabama. <laughs> he will. I know. You're going. <laughs> you're going to Alabama. Yeah, had another three days to this. If trip. you do go to uh, battle in Alabama, Josh Rowan, the guy that does my drawings, he will be there with his bourbon. Yeah. He's got a slammed out. Uh, I think it's an orange suburban. Yeah, it's orange. It's like uh, generally orange. Um, Twin turbo, crazy build. Yeah, it's like, some of the guys in the lower trucks, like we do a lot of lifted stuff, but some of these guys in the lower trucks. Hit up Josh, tell him you were here. Tell him you stuff. saw my wall of, my wall I'll of artwork. Definitely get him to do some stuff. He's a good dude, and he's just been, he's been like a brother from another mother for me. Like, just getting to know Josh, his drawings, his re and renderings and stuff are just They're crazy. Insane. He his level of detail is unreal. This this picture of Big Willie over here. Um, with baller hauler and it's it's just crazy like i told him 
to add his name to it somewhere. And honestly, all of his drawings have his name hidden somewhere in it. And, uh, yeah, it's become... Yeah, he does an insane, incredible work. He's good. Thank you, Evan, for making me shirts tonight, by the way. <laughs> yeah, my wife, she's... Maybe some shirts on the fly. She's good. She... Yeah. We love our new t-shirt machine, and uh, she's been she's been coming in and killing it. So it, it worked out good. You needed something. So you need fill a need. Oh, yeah. That's what we do. Yeah, working with you, it's like you have the same mentality as like me and John. It's not about the dollar. It's about building a family. And It know. used to be more about the other side, but I, the I'm more getting wiser I, in my The more age. I started worrying about the dollar. The less I just, made. And then that this year, I've just been doing it on my own time and on my own speed and just enjoying it again. Yeah. It's nice to just be able to enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. I appreciate you. you taking the time and drive safe tonight, all right? All right. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you.